Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here for the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap podcast. I'm here with Daryl Slater. The Giants are 3-7. and seven. They just won their second straight game. All of a sudden, they, uh, they have a legit shot at this truly terrible NFC East division. Um, but there's nothing to walk away from that Giants Eagles game that wasn't positive. Like they they played a really good game. They led the whole way. Uh, they didn't give up a lead like they normally do. James Jones didn't turn the ball over. The defense played well. The Eagles looked like an absolute disaster. Um, like what, what? As I always ask you every week, like what what was your thoughts at the end of that game when when the Giants won again? And now all of a sudden we have to actually think about them as division contenders. They actually beat somebody besides Washington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but not outside of the division, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously a, a really important big win for them. I mean, double-digit wins, not really a common thing for this team since Dave Gettleman took over. Uh, they have four of them now. Really, they have four wins of six of more than six points, actually, <laughs> in the Dave Gettleman era. And then two of them are over Washington, and then one over Miami and one here against the Eagles who obviously have been just a, such a massive disappointment but you, know, you look at this Eagles team and it's a really like objectively a pretty talented team certainly more talented than the Giants and for the Giants to be able to win that game and not only win but kind of fend off the Eagles late and um, close out of win I think that was really important for this team and really important for Joe Judge's group to be able to to be able to close out and to be able to finish. And, and that's sort of the, one of those lessons of l- learning to win um, that, a, that a young rebuilding team has to go through. And so this was a big step, regardless of what happens going forward this season, whether they win the division uh, or, or what, I think this is something that they can kind of carry forward, presuming they don't you know get their doors blown off the rest of the way. But um, this is something they could certainly build on the rest of the season and, and next season, regardless of, of whether playoffs happen or don't this year. Yeah, you know, it's, it's such like a – I mean, this year is so weird in general, and then, like, it's just so crazy to me that we're sitting here, like, having a serious conversation about the Giants as a playoff team and how great Joe Judge is and, and all this. It may be Dave Gettleman saved and all this, all this stuff. Daniel Jones turned the season around. They're three and seven still They're at the end of the day. Seven. Like, like, <laughs> like I, I was texting about this the other day. I, I wrote about it. Uh, I believe the day after the game, uh, or day two after the game. Um, I think there's been a something like 128. Teams that started one and seven uh, since 1920, according to Pro Football Reference, and none of them made the playoffs. And that—that's that, so like the level of like how bad the NFC East is. 
that that's a possibility means like it's this literally might be the worst division in the history of the NFL. Um, but I'm here, I think I'm here. you tweeted also the stats from 538. Their likelihood to win the division is still something like 23% or something like that. And um, even sitting where they are so close to the division lead and where the Eagles are something to, you know, just north of 50% to win the division still. So uh, obviously the Giants don't have the division lead. They're not in the driver's seat or anything like that. But um, the Eagles are still technically in the driver's seat there. So, um, but. I got. I don't know what the next auto automobile metaphor is. There, the <laughs> Giants are in the. They're they're tailgating the Eagles. I guess would be the way to put it. They're they're bump drafting them. If for all those NASCAR people out there, you I don't know. You don't know what that means, do you? <laughs> I don't so, know anything about NASCAR. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're right on their. They're right on their bumper. So, um, <laughs> in a restrictor plate race, they're bump draft bump drafting them. So I know um, you have so much NASCAR knowledge, Daryl. I covered NASCAR when I when I lived what? in Virginia. I did not realize that. Yeah. Wow. When I lived in Virginia, starting my career out down there, I covered NASCAR a little bit. So oh, that's crazy. Yeah, there you go. So they're right. They're right on the tail. They're right on the uh, right on the bumper of, of the Eagles, and um, have shown that they can they can beat them. And then then that was another hurdle. I didn't even mention that they got over the hump against the Eagles, which for Giant oh, yeah. fans, you know, people who have been Giant fans for like years and years and years, to get spanked and smacked around by the Eagles as much as the Giants had been in recent years, eight straight losses, losing twelve or thirteen, uh, to be able to get over that hump is 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 pretty cool for. For Giant fans, obviously, and I mean, every team is different, obviously, and that th- those past results have no bearing on this one. But, um, but even in a vacuum, like we've said here in the past few seconds, this win is, was really imp- like. Can you think of like a win for a team to get to three and seven that's ever been like as important as this one? It's crazy, right? In terms of in terms of being able to uh, stay in the hunt for the playoff race, which is bonkers. I still think they got to win one. I still think they have to win six games. So it's not. Yeah, it's not a certainty. I, I would, I would, I suppose mathematically they could win the division at five and eleven. Yeah, so they they legitimately can get in with a five and eleven record, especially because you look at the upcoming schedules. All all four NFC East teams are having the bulk of their non division schedule. The Giants um, only have one more division game, which is against the Cowboys in Week Seventeen. Um, and if like you look at these team schedules, they're playing some tough teams, and and you know, so if you. So I, I don't think the team that wins the division is going to have five wins, but I wouldn't put it past this this <laughs> this year. Um, I would I would say the Giants probably have to get to six if they want to get it, especially because you know the Eagles are going to have most tiebreakers just because they have that. I mean, they're not the Giants are not going to have the same record as the Eagles at the end of the season, so you have to have uh, you know because they're they're three five and one. So you know it's it's going to be I think this Bengals game coming up. If if they if they actually want to win this division, they're going to have to win that game. Because uh, because you look at the schedule coming after that, the Giants, uh, I forget the order exactly, but they play the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Ravens, which are all playoff teams with six wins right now. Um, the Eagles have a similarly tough schedule. like They could legitimately lose their next five games. Washington, the Giants have the tiebreaker in Washington because they beat them twice. And Dallas, you know, they could get the tiebreaker back if they beat them in Week 17 in, in theory. So the Eagles are the team that you kind of have to keep track of. Um the disadvantage the Giants have this week is that they're on bye, and the Eagles can, in theory, make up, you know, extend the lead they have. But there's definitely like a path that the Giants get in there. But again, it's like number one, they have to win at least three more games, which it took them ten games to get their third win, and they need the Eagles to lose a lot, which it, I wouldn't rule out because of as you and I both saw, the Eagles are just they're they're I mean, the Cowboys might be a bigger mess, but the Eagles are a disaster right now. 
Absolute disaster. I mean, it's really unbelievable. I mean, I know they've had some injuries, but they're getting guys back, you know, at this point. And, and for, for them to have as many problems as they've had, especially losing to a bad Giants team like they did, is, you know, you, you, you really have to wonder. I know Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, and, and you think that that's, you know, mints you with lifetime status in Philadelphia, but the, but the wins kind of change quickly in, in the NFL, the wins of fortune. And I think here uh, you have to look at, you know, does he does he get fired if they lose this division? If, yeah. if they can't win the division this year, do, do, does, does Doug Peterson get fired? I think that needs to be headline number one every single day if you if you're if you're covering the eagles honestly and um and then we did our we do our hot seat i do a hot seat rankings thing every week and sometimes sometimes on tuesday sometimes on wednesday but you know he he's going to be right up there tomorrow um we're talking tuesday night and, and when this comes out wednesday he's certainly going to be right up there in, in those hot seat rankings as he should be i think what do you think yeah uh, I, I mean I, I think it, it again because what he tends to do i mean they're having a worse start than they even normally do but he tends to like you know, he's really good at rallying the troops in the second half of the season. And when it seems like it's over, they win three in a row, they make the playoffs, they almost win, then it's back to square one again. So like if that, I don't think we'll get fired if the, if the Eagles like win the division with six wins or five wins necessarily. Right, right. But what, if, what if they, what if they don't win the if, division? But if they don't, yeah. I mean, if they finish the season with three or four wins, then I think Jeffrey Lurie is going to seriously consider. What if, you know, they, what if they win five games and, and, and they lose a division? Uh, that's if, so that, be, that would really be five and a half wins, right? Because yeah, I, what, what, if, what if what if then? I don't think it's like a hundred percent like they're gonna fire him, but I I definitely would put it closer to fifty fifty than maybe anyone would have expected. You know, the whole like idea of a Super Bowl honeymoon, Doug Peterson is really like testing his limits with that. But I mean, you sh- you have to say they won the division the last two years. They made the playoffs three years in a row. They won the Super Bowl, and this is one bad year. But you know, you can feel the kind of wheels falling off is the issue. And I, so I wrote about this earlier this week coming out of the game. I think you could make the argument for maybe the first time in a long time that the the Giants are in better sh- are better positioned for the future. I would I should say than the Eagles are. I don't I, again. You've talked about you know they probably have less talent, um, and the Giants still have a lot of questions. But like there's so much more room to get better for the Giants than there is for the Eagles. Like if they're in the same spot right now, then the Giants have a better chance of getting out of it maybe just because of you know there's a lot of you know optimism surrounding Joe Judge. Um, Daniel Jones is on his rookie contract. Whatever you think about Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz is going to be getting paid as one of the highest paid guys in the league Killing for the ne- for the next like three years, and they can't really get rid of him. Uh, and that's including that they drafted Jalen Hurts with a pick that still doesn't make sense. But anyway, so they they're like they're I mean, more over the cap, mess, right? Yeah, their the cap is a mess. They're more over the cap than anybody next year. So they can probably like get either add or close to like breaking even if you cut a few guys. You know, you cut Austin Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, trade Zach Ertz. Uh, Jason Kelsey maybe retires, but then you're also don't have the money. To, you don't have the money to go and add new talent, and so you're stuck with the roster you have. So you're going to basically be like hoping and praying that Carson Wentz returns to his 2017 form, and that you strike on a bunch of draft picks, which they haven't. And then the flip side, you look at the Giants. You know they have Joe Judge. They have a young team. They can they can get a, a decent amount of cap space this offseason if once you cut Golden Tate, you cut a bunch of role players. I guess you could bite the bullet on Solder if you really wanted to, and you could take a dead cap hit and still save like six mil. Um, and so you have that money, uh, and you, they, they don't need to resign that many guys. I mean, Leonard Williams is going to cost a lot of money. I imagine they try and bring him back, um, but they're going to have you know a decent first round pick if they can you know, you know strike some gold on some. Like they, there's a path to, for the Giants to like keep ascending, whereas I, you don't really see that as much um, with the Eagles. And that, that 
again, that's like the first time I think you could legitimately say that in a long time. And a lot of it really depends on what Daniel Jones becomes. We'll get into that in a second. But like, would you agree with that? That like, you can look at the, their two situations and say, okay, maybe you know, like today I'm not confident they'll be better than the Eagles next year, but they have the path to getting there more than the Eagles have to getting better necessarily. Oh, certainly. I think if you, especially with you, you look at and the cap situation is really underscored by the fact that the cap is going going to go down about twenty five million dollars next year for each team. I think from what one ninety eight to one seventy six is a projection, and so yeah, um, that squeezes teams who are squeezed even more. I mean, then it really puts you in a vice clamp. And so uh, right now, that that does not bode well for the Eagles. They, you know, no one could have predicted the pandemic would would have happened, or or this would have been the result of it. Um, but uh, that that really puts the Eagles in an even tougher spot to dig out of, and 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 the Carson Wentz contract really is is dragging them down right now. Considering how poorly he's playing, it's it's remarkable. Um, you took look at you know how he's paid versus how he's playing. It's it's really ridiculous. I mean, I don't think this is a situation where the fans can necessarily run him out of town or anything like that. I mean, it is not you know that sounds nice, I suppose, but. Um, you know, especially if you're an angry Eagles fan, but the contract is not going to allow for it. The Eagles no. are handcuffed to this guy, and and they're sinking right now because of that contract. Now he, he's certainly shown the ability to play well, but um, he's really the guy that has to bail this thing out and to and to bail out the water off the kind of a sinking ship because there's not a lot of other escape routes, as as you said. So they have to have their guys who have played well for them in the past you know, turn it around because they're. There are not a lot of outside routes, uh, outside paths to, to be able to do that in terms of cap space and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think I think the bottom line comes down to do you also have to you know, do you trust the person who's who's running the show? Yeah, so, I was gonna, I was gonna, about to bring that up. So yeah, so have all the cap space and draft picks in yeah. the world, and um, we've been over this again and again with with how poorly. Oh yeah, they get rid of Odell Beckham. Okay, cool, a great trade by Dave Gettleman. If if you know, but the the, the, the picks were a disaster because they result in DeAndre Baker. So, um, so do you trust Howie Roseman and? With let do you trust Howie Roseman with fewer assets versus Dave Gettleman or potentially the new GM, which we don't know who it will be, with more assets, which makes it such a nebulous question because we don't know who the new GM might be. So um, that's an interesting and fascinating one because Howie Roseman's uh, skills are really going to be put to the test here um, next offseason. What do you do with with very little? Yeah. So I I, I was going to get into Jones, but I feel like we should turn this into a Gettleman discussion at this point. I, I so part of that, what you're talking about is, you know, they they gave Carson. Usually the theory is teams like go all in before a guy gets his second contract at quarterback, which is what the Eagles did. And it's part of why they were able to win the Super Bowl in 2017. You know, they went out and got guys like Alshon Jeffrey and all those veteran guys they got. Um, and the Giants are in that position now because they have Daniel Jones on the on his rookie deal. And so it becomes a twofold conversation of number one, do you believe in Jones? Number two, do you believe that D- Dave Gettleman can actually capitalize on those years, which he hasn't done. You know, he probably had his best offseason this year, which isn't saying much. You know, he signed James Bradbury, who's been, you know, an absolute stud. Um, he, he destroyed Carson Wentz the other day. Um, Blake Martinez has been pretty good. Logan Ryan's been a good veteran. You know, questions about Andrew Thomas, but, you know, Matt Pert maybe has some potential. Darnay Holmes, whatever. Like, there's there's a few, like, he, he had less misses this year than he usually does. But... Like, has he done enough to keep the job? And that's kind of the going to be the interesting part about this latter part of the season because, you know, the, just knowing how John Mara has handed, handled these things, he said he wanted to see improvement. He, he could say, you know, there's all these people acting like the Giants are the best 3-17 and 17 they've ever seen. They're the best 2-17 and 17 they've ever seen. They're the best 1-17 they've ever seen because they're competitive every week. 
So is John Mary believe that? Like, does he see that the fact that they're competing and they're losing close every week? And he says, okay, we're getting somewhere. Or does he actually like take a look in the mirror and realize, okay, if Dave Gettleman did a better job of building up the roster and getting better talent, then Joe judge would probably be winning more games right now. And so do you want Dave Gettleman calling the shot still this upcoming off season, which will be maybe their most important one. If this, if this turnaround is really going to happen, because they really need a strike goal on every move they make this off season. Cause otherwise they're going to be wasting another year of either Daniel Jones's prime or before Saquon Barkley gets paid big, which they inevitably will overpay him. Um, and that's another discussion. Cause I think they've proven the last two weeks. They don't need Saquon at, at least not at like the amount of money they're going to give him. But so, so like, where do you stand on? I know we both believe they should not retain Dave Gettleman, but like, at what point do you think, you know, you actually see John Mara doing that where he justifies it? It's a, you have to look at a big picture. I think, I don't think John Mara can make a Dave, a referendum on Dave Gettleman here in the, in the final few weeks, though. I think that that's possible that that happens. And um, certainly if they, if they win out or if they win seven games and he's probably safe and six games, you know, I think there's a good chance he's safe. And honestly, you could make a decent case for him because the number one priority is, is Daniel Jones developing. And if they, if they close, you know, six, uh, three and three to finish six and 10, I think that you could say, all right, he's probably developing and there's something there. And you, you trust the GM to stick around despite all the terrible moves he's made in the past. And, you know, maybe you, you say as the owner, he's earned the right to stick around, but what happens if they win five games? What happens if they win four games again? I just don't see how Dave or how John Merrick can say, you know, if four wins or five wins again, that, that he stays because of not only are the results not there, but really except for this off season when he made a couple of good moves, the, the, the roster building isn't there. I mean, you have to judge, um, the GM on, on what he's given the coach to work with. So uh, if the Giants ceiling is five wins this season and you're saying, oh, Joe Judge overachieved with that. Well, then what's that saying about the state of the roster he was given? Yep. <laughs> right. So you would say like hand in hand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a two sided argument. People are like, oh, man, the Giants really did a lot this year. Uh, you know, they, 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 what a great season they had. They went five and 11, you know, with a, considering the state of the roster, that's good. Well, the considering the state of the roster part is why you should fire the GM. Like, I mean, uh-huh. like, I don't understand why it's not a difficult to grab your head around. The GM isn't coaching the team. His job is to get the players. And so, um, they, Dave Gettleman has done a very poor job of that and nothing that has happened here recently has changed that. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, if not to cut you off, but if if you're excited about the three and seven Giants, you should also be angry the fact that they're three and seven because they should be better than that. You should be angry about the fact that you're excited about three and seven. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what you know what I mean. Like because yeah, they, they'd be running away with the division this year if they won two or three of those close games. If this coach is the next Vince Lombardi. Imagine if he had great players, right? I and mean, I'm being a little facetious there about people <laughs> keeping praise on Joe Judge as like this incredible savior. I mean, I'm sure. Let's go back and read all the clippings about Ben McAdoo when he was winning, and like, yeah, they made the playoffs that one year. Right. Yeah. I'm sure all the same things were being written about him that were like ridiculously over the top and in the end we're proven to be foolhardy you know and so um let's let's let this play out a little bit before we before we break out the anointing oils as bill parcells <laughs> used to say so or send him to canton or whatever so i think with gettleman you have to look at the big picture you can't just look at the final six games of the season but that said i think if they win six games if they win seven games he's safe and he stays even if he probably you know, maybe shouldn't stay. Um, the decision comes in with four wins or five wins, and that's sort of the tipping point there. And the John Mara, you know, he supposedly learned a lesson 
with being quicker on the trigger and more decisive from the mistakes that he made with Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, and Jerry Reese. Kept him around too long. Let him overstay their usefulness. And um, you know, he learned, you know, he knows those were mistakes. He he knows they were. And then so he so he pulls the trigger on Pat Shermer, a proven loser, a retread after two seasons, and he's a goner, obviously. And so I think that was the the right move. Um, we'll see if Judge was the right hire. Again, it's too early to know. Like, stop like, heaping praise in this guy. He won two games over three, games over two bad teams, and they're three and seven. Like, can we pump the brakes a little bit here, please? Um, so, but with Gettleman, I, it's going to come down to Jones whether it should or shouldn't. Like, I mean, that's that's the that's the thing. Like, if this kid starts to continue. Not the starts because he has started to show some progress here the last couple of weeks. If he continues on this uptick, that will bode very, very well for Dave Gettleman. Um, but you know, the last point on this, I think you talked about the Eagles having to thread the needle with Howie Roseman next year in cap space. We talk about the Giants being in better position, but they're still middle of the pack in cap space. It's not yeah. like they have, they're not like they're in Jets territory with cap space. So you talk no. about how important the offseason is because. Yes, they do have some cap space. Yes, they're probably going to have a high draft pick. Yes, it will be right before they have to pay Saquon Barkley. And yes, Jones on the rookie contract, all those things. But the GM, whoever it is, is still going to have to thread a little bit of the needle because it's not like they're going to have a world of cap space to use. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to sign, play. do you want to sign one really good player? Or do you yeah. want to sign a bunch of okay ones is what it's yeah. going to come down to. There's them, not yeah. a lot of wiggle room to make mistakes. There's certainly not. Um, so um, that's the other thing too. So it's an important off season, but it's not an off season where you have a whole um, bunch of money to necessarily go spend and not a lot of picks either, which we've been over a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And my last point on this, and then we can start talking about Jones a little bit. Um, I would say, the, the Giants should not fall into the trap of basing the entire decision off these final seven games either, or however many games are left. Seven, right? Yeah. It's, or no, uh, six. Six, yeah. Six games. Yeah, these last, like, the fact, if if you're deciding based on these last six games, then you should just fire him because, like, if he's the guy, he's the, if he's your GM, he's your GM. If he's not, he's not. You shouldn't be, you know, you know, waffling on that. I mean, you, you the Jets are always the best example for dysfunction, and the fact that they kept letting Mike McCagden work long after they probably knew they were going to get rid of him was kind of part of the problem. So I would say if if they need a wait to see what happens these last six games and and they're not sure if they want to bring Gettleman back, then you shouldn't bring him back. Like you, you need to have some certainty in there. And if like you're not sure if he's the right guy, then he's not the right guy, I would say. Uh, three years in. If like you're three years in, you can't figure that out, then you need to move on. But I mean, John Mara... You know, he's loyal to the people who have been loyal to him, and Dave Gettleman is one of those guys. He's a homegrown Giants guy. So um, that's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that. But Daniel Jones is a big part of that, as you said. Um, I think the the interesting thing, interesting thing with him is, you know, these last two weeks he hasn't turned the ball over the first time in his career, and they won. I wouldn't say it's why they've won, but it's why they haven't lost. And that's kind of like it, – it has me wondering, like, it, so is his ceiling, like, game manager, is this – you know, what they need him to be this year. Like if he's a guy that at his best, you know, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't lose the game for you, but maybe he's not going to go and win it for you. Like, okay, if you have a really good roster around him, that's fine. But I, I, I he maybe has potential for more. I don't know, but I, I, I still don't know what to think about him. Even after these last two games, I definitely encourage you want to see progress. You know, maybe the first step was not turning the ball over. And then the next step is they start taking more risks with him. But like, where, where do you stand with Jones after these last two weeks? So he's what twenty two starts in right because he 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 entered last week four and zero against Washington one and sixteen against the rest of the league yeah. that's five and sixteen so now he's two and sixteen and against the rest of the league and four and zero against Washington so twenty two starts in he's played twenty three games um 
you know, it's not necessarily even a season and a half worth of starts. And I remember, remember talking to Trent Dilfer earlier this year about, um, about Jones and about Sam Darnold. And he, you know, he talked about the, the marker that a lot of people go off of is 30 to 40 starts. But, you know, even if you look at 30 starts, that's probably about two seasons. And Jones is obviously not going to get there. He'll get close to it. If he starts the rest of the year, it doesn't get hurt 20 to what, 28 starts. So, um, yeah, I think that if you, you know, you'll have a really good idea by the end of the year, if this guy can be successful and I, I don't think you need to be, um, look, he doesn't need to be the best quarterback of his generation to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think no. Eli Manning showed us that, didn't he? You know, I, I think mean, Trent, Trent Dilfer, the guy you just talked about. For sure, for sure. And Eli Manning, you know, one, two, I mean, Trent Dilfer had an all time really good defense. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you have to look won. at the supporting cast. But, like, but, if you have a think, great defense or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and those Giants teams that won the Super Bowl, they, they were pretty good. One, you know, one was better than the other, obviously, and they made runs and they got hot. Um, but they had a lot of the right pieces in a lot of the right places, especially with their pass rush. And um, so what, what, where would you put, I mean, Eli Manning was probably what, maybe like a top eight quarterback of his right. And is in those years or top five, right. Maybe top seven, yeah. top 10, right. Of, of those of that era, he wasn't the best quarterback of his era. Um, certainly not. And you don't have to be that. Um, but I mean, was Eli Manning ever a first team all pro? Like, I feel like. No, because his regular season stats, he always like turned the ball over a lot or whatever. But right. So, yeah. I mean, he's remembered with a great deal of fondness by Giants fans and around the NFL as as well. He should be. I mean, he was a four time pro bowler, you know, so so he had some really good years and um, and 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 really 11 and 12 is and eight and 15 was were his pro bowl year. So he had some pr- pretty darn good years, obviously. And he's going to be in the hall of fame, whether you think he should be or not. Um, and he you know, probably, you know, he, he should be, I, I think the debates, whether he's a first ballot hall of famer, but with, you know, I think that's a lesson here for if Daniel Jones can become a really, a, a very good quarterback or a pretty darn good quarterback. He doesn't have to be, you know, Deshaun Watson numbers, Patrick Mahomes number. I mean, cause you look at those guys numbers. Cause I did a, a list the other day of like, the 2017 to 2019 quarterback prominent guys, you know, all the way from Mitch Trubisky to, to Mahomes and um, Josh Rosen at the, at the short end of it. And Jones actually was like right in the middle of the pack, honestly, um, because he hasn't been nearly as bad as some of those other guys. Um, but he's really at this point where it's, it, this is when it's going to go one way or the other. I think, don't you, I think you have to know by the end of this year, okay, this guy could be the guy, or if he's been, if he's going to be really bad the rest of the year, I think you know that he's probably not the guy, if that makes sense. I don't I don't think you have to know that he is the guy by the end of this year, but I think you could know that he's not if he if he goes back into the toilet. Yeah, that's why I'm very curious to see. I think the next step he takes, like like I was saying earlier, you know, he went from some of his worst games to the last two weeks. Just, you know, they were the Giants clearly made it a, a, a point of emphasis that they did not want to turn the ball over. You know, early in games, you're seeing him come out really quick throws, really quick throws. I think he's thrown the ball quicker than almost any quarterback last couple of weeks. Um, he's made some really nice throws down the sideline. He's gotten to a groove with some of his receivers. The offensive line is playing better. The running game is there. So like you're seeing like the recipe that you need to succeed with Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, once they, like, like once they get more talent around him, you know, maybe he could do more than he is right now. So I'm curious, like over the next six weeks, if he's, if he's still just a game manager, which if that's what they need him to be, then that's what they'll do. Um, or if he can start taking the next step and like, okay, he went out and won them that game. Um, and I think that's going to be like, so ultimately 
if they are a team, that, you know, whether they win these games or not, if they're a team that it has to decide if they want to draft like a Justin Fields, um, you kind of have to look at that. Like, you see a guy that can win us games, or is he just a guy that is not going to lose us them? Um, I'll, I will say one thing that should have Giants fans particularly excited is that he, he, I think you can, we can officially call him like a legitimate running threat because I don't think that's a fluke yeah. at this point. Like, it's happened so many weeks in a row now where teams are just falling for that, with that zone read where they don't like get him and, and he runs past everybody. And, you know, he, he's already, I mean, he's going to lead the Giants in rushing this season. I think that's a lock at this point. Um, he has the most QB rushing yards in a single season in Giants history. I think his career rushing yards are more than Eli, which isn't saying much. But um, so if you have that right there and then you have, you know, his ability to make some impressive throws, like if he can put it all together, like there's a package here to be something interesting. But, you know, if he reverts back to the form of, you know, we've only seen two games of this. His whole career before this, he was the worst turnover prone quarterback in the NFL over the last two years. And that includes Wentz, who has more this year than him. Um, so it, these next six weeks, you know, we've talked about it almost every week. These next X amount of games are going to decide if he's the QB. Um, if they win enough games to stay competitive and Dave Gettleman's still the GM, he's absolutely going to be the QB still because Dave Gettleman is not moving on from him. Um, but if they lose and he he's not great, then it's going to be an offseason debate. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think the one thing to remember with that, when you, you brought up Justin Fields and, and would, they, would they do it? Would they draft him? Um, I, I just don't think they're going to be in a position to do it because the Jets are so bad, they're probably going to win zero games and the Jaguars are looking at a 1-15 season. And, you know, how silly in retrospect to think that, you know, at 1-0 the, the Jaguars possibly weren't <laughs> or lose, you know, weren't going to have a terrible season. What a, Kind of a silly knee-jerk thing to think there at 1-0. and Um you know, but uh, uh, they're well on their way to one and fifteen, and the Jets zero and sixteen. So it's probably going to be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields one and two, and then the Giants probably looking at maybe drafting an edge rusher wherever they fall. They're eighth right now, so I don't, I don't, I just don't see them being in position um, because of how bad those other two teams are yeah. and how quarterback needy they are. Um, the Jets and the Jaguars. The Giants are winning too much. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. And those teams are so bad that I think it's going to go Lawrence and Fields and. That's sort of the odds-on uh, decision right now. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, to put a bow on this episode, I think we can let's spin it forward. So, like, how do you how do you see the like? It's so hard to predict with this team in particular, and this like this schedule is so hard coming up for them and the Eagles. Like, how how do you see? What do you think happens? I think from my end, I I think they beat the Bengals. Um, I don't think it's like a lock by any means. I think Joe Burrow is like a legit legit player, and like they, it'll be a, probably a close game to be honest with you. Um. But their their offensive line is pretty bad and their defense is pretty bad. So the Giants, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win that game. I don't know. I think they have to win one of those games against those really good teams. Probably one of the Seattle's, Browns, Cardinals, Ravens. Out of that group, you know, maybe the Seahawks have a bad defense, so they have Russell Wilson. The Browns, you know, they lost Odell. They have a really good running team. Blah blah blah. Like I don't, I don't know if I believe they can beat those four teams. Maybe they could steal a win out of one of them, and I think they beat the Cowboys at the end. So I, I see them probably finishing with around five wins, maybe six if they get one of those. Um, if they get to six, they probably win this division. But I'll, I'll predict they get to five wins, five and eleven. Just missed the playoffs, um, and I think that you can feel a little pretty good about that going into the offseason. Weirdly, considering you know four or five wins, if you had said that before the season, I think Giants fans wouldn't have been very happy. But considering how things played out, I think you can go into the offseason feeling a little momentum, maybe. Yeah, you always feel better finishing with more, you know, finishing on a high note and then, uh, 
And that's really deceptive in a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, and it's probably saved a lot. Like you look at Adam Gase last year in particular is probably the main one you're thinking of there, right? Rex Ryan 2013, if you go back to that, they finish 8-8 eight and eight and John Idzik, you know, uh, prancing down, you know, prancing down the yellow <laughs> road there with Rex Ryan in Miami 2013, end of the season, 8-8, eight and eight, and they're all popping champagne over that or, you know. So uh, I think, you know, they'll win. They'll beat the Bengals. They'll beat the Cowboys. Those are the games. Well, if I had to pick them, that's five wins right there. I don't see them winning any of those other games. If if you had to pick it, I'd probably say the Browns. I don't see any way they can cover DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to have a field day against uh, them. The Cardinals are legit, I think, yeah. And so I think six wins there, but I, I don't necessarily buy that six and ten is going to get them there because I think if – Look, the Eagles have to win three more games for them to get the six point five wins. You know, I, I think people don't even understand a tie is a half a win. Okay, yep. so so the Eagles close right. So the Eagles have to win three more games, right? So the Eagles close: Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys, Washington. So Cowboys, Washington probably wins. Uh, and the tipping point game there is the Browns. The tipping point game for each of these teams is the Browns yep. because um, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Eagles are not winning those games. I don't think. Um, now they beat the Browns city Eagles do next week. Then they go and lose three straight. How motivated are they, uh, going into Cardinals, Cowboys, Washington to end the season, you know? So, uh, that, that, that's a really weird, tricky schedule for the Eagles and they ought to be motivated if the division's at stake there. So I think the Eagles win it with six wins over the giants with six wins. I think giants six and 10 Eagles, what? Six, Six, nine nine and one. Yeah. Nice. So (laughs) with the home game in the playoffs, with a home game in the playoffs, yeah. So, and <laughs> I don't know who they would play with a new playoff format. I can't. Uh, I guess there's no buy. How does it work? Only the top seed gets a buy, so they play the number two seed. That's right. Yeah, because there's an extra they wild card. Play right? the number two seed, who would be what the Saints or Packers or Cardinals. Those are the division winners, right? So it looks like the yeah. Packers or Saints are the top two teams right now. So anyway. The Eagles aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. The Giants aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. But, you know, maybe the Giants somehow, some way make the playoffs. I don't see it. I, I don't see it. Hey, so, I, so, so we'll see. So, yeah, but before the season, I talked to like some Giants fans. One of them said something. I've repeated this a few times. Um, he said, all he wants is that for the Giants to be playing games in November that like the fans can care about, like that matter a little bit, even like, like a reason to root yeah. for them in November. Because usually by November, it's like, all right, well, here comes another good draft pick. Oh, look, they're going to win a game that they don't need to win and, and ruin their draft position. Great. Like, so instead you have Giants fans who are like so happy right now. Like if you just look at Twitter, it's like they won the Super Bowl this last week. And I, I get it because the Eagles have just been like a thorn in their side. Yeah. In, in like a disastrous way. Like most of the losses, like the last eight in a row. And I think I like five of them were really close. And if you went and dug in, they probably had leads going in the fourth quarter in a lot of these games. Um, the Eagles just always won at the end. There was always something bad that happened. Evan Ingram with that drop earlier this year, like it was like, oh, just it's another one. And they went into halftime with the lead this year. No Giants fan was comfortable uh, this last week, and so I, I get it. But it's just like I've, I've never experienced something like how the Giants fan base has been this season. A lot of it has to do with how much they seem to love Joe Judge and how bad this division is. But um, yeah, it's going to be like you know we've, we're talking about these scenarios of them getting in the playoffs, like. It's it's also not outlandish to think they lose most of these games coming up. Like none of these games are really easy wins. I don't think. Maybe the Cowboys won, but NFC East games are never easy, and they lost to the Cowboys this year. 
You're talking about a Giants team that's been really bad, like fairly yeah. recently in terms of the ability to finish off wins. They were 1-7. I mean, my God. Like, I mean, I get that they were close, but um, a loss is <laughs> a yeah. loss, and they're playing some tough teams here down the stretch. And I think, yeah, the, the optimism certainly should be there for a number of reasons. Like, yeah, the, 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 the division – Mathematic optimism makes a lot of sense. They're playing games that literally mathematically matter in November, and the fact that the division stinks playing in their favor. And honestly, like no giant fans going to apologize for winning the division, nor should they. Um, but I think with Judge, it's that on un- we've been over it before. Like it's that unknown factor because he's not a proven loser like Pat Shermer was. Like that's why people are so excited about this guy is because you know there's this there's this uh, titillating factor of like what what he might be because he's this young promising coach and um, there's no track record of failure there for you to be even cynical about and so it's very tempting to think that um, you know we found if you're a giant fan we found this um, you know this coach is going to be the next great thing and maybe that's the case but um, I think if you look at the like Tom Coughlin, even early on in his time, um, I think a lot of people, even in his first couple of years, are thinking like, "Gee, is this guy like a tired act because this has been his shtick or whatever?" And yeah. people were fairly cynical about it. But you didn't really see a lot of that with Joe Judge, um, even doing some of the things he did in training camp because um, you know that's fresh. It's fresh and new, even though it's not. I mean, and he would even tell you it's not. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that unknown factor that that really excites people. And hey, you know, we'll see. Um, but you got to have players. You got to have players ultimately. And and uh, whoever the GM is is going to have to is going to have to bring Joe Judge some players. And he's going to have to. Um, if 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 this quarterback isn't it, then they're in big trouble. Obviously. Yeah. Um. It's it's wild. Um. And, and again, it's going to come down to like so everybody's saying the future is bright, but if they come out and they lose again next year, then. Uh, the fan base will turn on Joe Judge pretty quick, probably. Yeah. Um, all right, we can wrap up on that note. Um, thanks again for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Um, as always, subscribe if you aren't already. We're on all the major podcast apps. Um, leave us a review. Leave us some comments. Uh, sign up for our text messaging service, GiantsExtra, NJ.com slash text. And uh, we'll hit you guys again coming out of the bye week next week and have a very important game against the Bengals. 